Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another week of Blue Shirts on Broadway. This is episode number four. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, Got a lot of things to get through today. Um, Three games from the past week, uh, spanning past, back, um, beyond New Year's Eve. A couple of different topics. We've got some heart trophy conversations, some injury concerns, and some targets for this team to start looking at uh, to kind of improve the roster and get ready for a playoff push here. It's uh, almost turning into mid-January to February, which means trade deadline is looming. And uh, kind of the push is on. You can kind of look at the um, current Metropolitan Division standings and see that it's tightening up considerably. Uh, Once again, probably the tightest division in hockey. So with that, uh, let's dive right into it. All right, so we're going to start the episode here by jumping back uh, all the way to December 30th for the game against uh, Tampa Bay uh, down in Florida. Uh, That was a 5-1 win right before New Year's Eve, Uh, and it was a pretty convincing 5-1 win against a Tampa team that's pretty much been up and down throughout the season. It's resembled Tampa Bay teams of the past, but uh, it's also showing some cracks in the armor there where the team is getting a little bit older um, and they're kind of not floundering, but, you know, sitting there middle of the pack in the Atlantic division and um, haven't really gained a lot of traction yet this season. So uh, even with that, it was pretty much a measuring stick game for this Rangers team. Um, You know, there's always bad blood there down with Tampa for some of the playoff uh, experiences that they've had against them in previous years um the last two times that the rangers have played tampa in the playoffs they've been bounced in pretty excruciating fashion so um there's definitely some history there and both sides kind of wake up for this type of game uh vasileski usually has the rangers's number when it comes to making outstanding saves and kind of keeping the tampa team in the game, uh, especially when they play the Rangers. So it was important for this Rangers team to kind of show that they can stick with this Tampa team, uh, play that style of hockey. Tampa still plays that good grinding playoff style hockey. They have four good lines that'll come at you with uh, various differences. Similar to how this Rangers team's built, they have a great bottom six that's um, going to grind you down in the offensive zone and play very stout defensive hockey. Uh, and then they have that dynamic first line with Kucherov and Stamkos, um, you know, who are still putting up points. Kucherov is still the points leader in the NHL. So it was a tough test for this team coming off a uh, pretty nondescript loss against the Panthers um, the previous game before that. So um, with that said, it was it was good to get off to a pretty good start. Um, the top six definitely showed up for this game. Continuing the trend with the Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere line, they've been probably one of the most dynamic lines in hockey this season. So 
obviously, they're going to continue that trend um, throughout this week of games. And you're, like I touched on last episode, you're really starting to see that first line of Kreider, Zabanajad, and Wheeler start to click. Um, I know a lot of fans don't like seeing Wheeler up there on the first line. Um, of course, you'd rather have some of the kids up there. You'd rather have somebody up there. But this team and organization lacks right wing depth. And with Kako out, there's really no other option, uh, especially with their cap considerations. Wheeler's making pretty much pennies on the dollar. Um, but he is starting to fit in well, like I mentioned last week. Uh, you're really starting to see him kind of round in the form, and that first line is really starting to click. Uh, the points may not be there just yet, but this is the time of year when Zabanajad usually heats up. He's a second-half kind of guy. Uh, Kreider's starting to engage more. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit more later. But it was really important for that top six to get off to a good start uh, against Tampa, really set the tone, uh, which they did. And Panarin, once again, comes through with another incredible game, scores a hat trick, uh, and in my opinion, should be in that Hart Trophy conversation for most valuable player in the league. Um, he's got uh, an unbelievable amount of points compared to everyone on the team. He's leading the team with 24 goals and 29 assists. Um, and he's really just that all around person you look to in a game to really set the tone, really change the game and be dynamic. That's what you're paying him all that money for. Uh, and that's kind of what he's showing he can do. He really reinvented his game over the off season. You can see him being more physically engaged, um, not scared to go to the middle of the ice if he has to. He's not a perimeter player like he was in previous couple of years. Um, and he's just overall had an incredible start to the season, which is now more than just a start. It's really an incredible season as a whole. And you just want to see him continue that. He's clicking on a line with Trocek and with Lafreniere. Uh, the magic that he has with Lafreniere can't be understated. Um, it's really helped Lafreniere find his footing after a tough couple of seasons, a tough uh, playoff last year. Um, and you're really starting to see Lafreniere turn a corner, which is encouraging. Um, he's still a young player. I think he's, what, 21 still. Um, so. He may just take a little bit longer to develop, which I know a lot of Rangers fans don't want to hear. But to see Lafreniere starting to turn the corner, even though he's playing with Panarin, which is going to get him more ice, more looks, um, it's it's encouraging to see that he's making the most of his opportunities. He is one of the shot leaders uh, almost every game. He's getting his opportunities. Uh, the puck is finding the back of the net. He's making incredible plays. Um, he had some of those cross-ice passes on, I think, one of the Panarin goals. Um, and it's just starting to look more and more like Lafreniere is going to be the player that we thought we were going to get. Uh, it might take a little bit longer. Um, you know, obviously, coming into the league, uh, he didn't go to the AHL. He's coming straight into the league off the draft. so. He, he's one of those players that it's just going to take a little bit longer for him to understand the game, understand the league. Uh, he looks like he's having a lot more fun this year. You see pictures of him on the bench with his tongue sticking out and you know he's laughing, having a good time, uh, which is good to see. He's in a good mental state and he's showing it on the ice with his dynamic creativity and his really his all around game. He's 
been pretty well defensively playing on that second line. Haven't really noticed too many issues. Uh, and it's it's something to see with him and Panarin clicking together. Uh, and then you add that third dynamic of Trocek, who isn't afraid to mess around, get, get in the dirty areas, go in the corners, dig pucks out. Um, you always see him in the scrums after the whistle. Uh, he's always, you know, laughing at some other players or probably trash talking. You know, I, I can't speak from any experience, but, um, just hearing other comments, he's a, he's a decent trash talker. So, you know, he's getting involved in that and it's showing on the ice with this line clicking as, as three and playing hard back checking. They're not giving up too many opportunities, um, coming back the other way. Uh, as they were in, you know, earlier in the season or in previous years. Uh, and that's all just due to the dynamic that they have. Panarin can now dump the puck in instead of stopping and, you know, waiting for a pass at the offensive blue line. Um, he can dump the puck in and know that Trocek's going to go in and get it for him. So those were all signs I was looking for in this Tampa game, especially in a bounce back. Um, that's the line that's going to lead the way in a bounce back effort. Trocek is one of those players you lean on uh, as a team to kind of get you right and um, get you pointed in the right direction again. So just going back and touching on it, um, Panarin being a plus two player on the season, uh, having the stats that he has, he leads the team in shots, leads the team in points. Um, he leads the team in goals and assists. Uh, it's, it's quite clear that he is the clear cut favorite probably to be the team MVP. And, um, that's kind of why I'm thinking that he should at least be in the conversation for the Hart trophy this season. Uh, there's no really bigger impact player that you can see around the league than seeing Artemi Panarin play hockey, uh, especially here in New York, um, on that second line with the cast that he has, to be that far and away uh, on penalty or uh, on points and goals and assists and shots and you know even transforming himself to have that plus two rating for the season uh, with the limited penalty minutes he takes and the the power play um, goals, but not only the goals on the power play, his ability to make plays and be dynamic and open up ice for other players. Uh, it's a, it's a clear sign that, you know, he's on top of his game. He's having an incredible season, uh, and he should at least be in that conversation. So this Tampa game, uh, kind of continues the trend, uh, of this team bouncing back after a loss, uh, and also in the second game of a back, game of a back-to-back, um, they're pretty strong in both, uh, fronts there. They, I think they've only lost one time in the second game of a back-to-back, and they've only had one two-game losing streak. So it's an important identity to be building uh, that this team is resilient. They come back, they make their tweaks, they make their changes. Uh, They know what they need to fix. Uh, They bring the energy the second night of a back-to-back. They start off strong, uh, and they make changes to the way that they're playing and make sure that the losing streak stops at one. I think it was Trocek that said it after the Carolina game this week that good teams only lose once in a row. Um, so they have the right mindset. Uh, it's a good mindset to be carrying in. It's a good identity to be building, especially heading into the springtime months here, um, which leads to playoff hockey, which, um, you know, you have to win 16 games to win the cup, but, uh, you can't 
lose a ton of games and you definitely don't want to be losing games in a row. So it's a good identity to be building early for this team. uh, And it's a good culture to be building in the locker room. Uh, On top of that, with this Tampa game, um, you know, you didn't really need the bottom six to get you going. Uh, That's been an identity for this team over the past couple of weeks where the the bottom six would be showing up and playing hard hockey and getting the team rolling and setting the identity and setting the team on the right way. Uh, It was good to see that the team didn't need to rely on that and um, the top six was pretty much jumping right from the first shift. Uh, So with that, the team ended the 2023 calendar year on a high. It was a remarkable calendar season. Uh, If you remember all the way back to last year, it was the Truba helmet toss in early December of 2022 that really started the team on a roll. So since January 2023, all the way through till December 2024, uh, this team was pretty much one of the top teams in the league. And uh, it was definitely an exciting year to be watching Rangers hockey. Uh, I can't remember one that was that exciting since probably 2014-15, that President's Trophy season. Um, And there might have been one other season sprinkled in there where the team, you know, kind of had a magical calendar year. So uh, that was fun to watch and fun to be uh, a part of as a fan. and as someone that is, you know, watching this team um, as passionately as as I have, and as probably most of the listeners here have, so uh, definitely something fun to be a part of and watching. So after that Tampa Bay game, uh, the team had off for a couple of days for the uh, New Year's celebration, uh, and then they picked it up uh, on the second against Carolina. Um, I had the distinct displeasure of attending this game and witnessing a 6-1 loss uh, at MSG. Um, It was quite unfortunate to see the team follow up a pretty good game in Tampa uh, with uh, what amounted to a letdown game against Carolina. Um, For some reason, there are times during the season uh, over the past couple of years where this team just doesn't wake up and play Uh, games that they should be up to play Uh, and Carolina being a metropolitan division uh, opponent uh, being a pretty good rival over the past couple of seasons they've um, gone back and forth with some pretty heavy games Um, there's been some injuries there's been some heavy hits there's you know been some trash talking Uh, this should be a team that you know is circled on the calendar that you wake up for especially in your home arena Uh, So to have to sit there, A, watch it live, and B, watch kind of what amounted to a disaster of a game that unraveled in the third period. Um, It wasn't exactly a thrilling way to start the 2024 year, but um, in my estimation, it was probably one of the worst losses of the season. Uh, You know, you, you get some bad breaks in the first period. The officials made some questionable calls, probably on both sides, but uh, it was definitely prevalent uh, on the Rangers side where you've got some calls going against you. Um, there were some calls that weren't made. Uh, I can specifically cite one on Zabanajad. There probably should have been a couple of hooking calls uh, that he drew that were not called in the first period. Um, and it probably got the team off of their game a little bit. Uh, you could see him kind of 
questioning the refs, yelling at the refs a little bit probably instead of worrying about uh, what needed to be done on the ice to kind of change the momentum. Uh, And that's something that I want to carry and kind of continue watching as the season unfolds here. It was something that undid them against the Devils in the playoffs last season where they had, and even in the season prior to that against uh, Tampa in that uh, Eastern Conference Final in 2022, um, this team has struggled in the past with changing momentum during a game. Um, It is something that is occurring league-wide. It's not something that is easily done anymore, uh, as it was maybe in the previous five, ten years, uh, where you can kind of grab momentum and change it back your way. But uh, it is something that you would like this team to at least attempt to do by continuing to play their game. You saw it against uh, Florida earlier this week, where they basically got stuck playing the type of game that Florida wanted to play, and they could never get into their own game plan, their own structure, and kind of dictate any part of the game. Um, Similarly, against this Carolina game, uh, a team that plays tough, plays hard, plays hard forechecking in the offensive zone, and is a very good defensive team, they'll stack the box on the power, or on the penalty kill uh, when you're on the power play. Um, And they'll make it really hard for you to make those seam passes, and it's a very much playoff-style hockey. And it's it's something that this Rangers team may struggle with at times uh, where they're unable to break down teams like that um, and force the or dictate the way that the game is being played um, to the style that they want to be playing at. They have a hard time adapting with that at times. And it's something that I know this coaching staff doesn't like. I know it's something that Peter LaViolette is going to fix. Uh, I'm just interested to see how they fix it and if they're able to, you know, fix it in a way that they can utilize it in the regular season here. Um, Flipping games and flipping momentum in games where you may not have a lot of it. Um, And specifically for this Carolina game, it should have been easy at home. The garden was electric in the first period. Um, And... It should have been something that they were able to feed off of, and even going down two nothing early, um, you know, something you can use to your advantage. Get one goal, get the crowd back into it, get some momentum rolling. We just never really saw that uh, in this game. Uh, and then the backbreaker of um, giving up that goal at the start of the third period after you're on the power play and get really nothing accomplished. Um, that was kind of the backbreaker that unraveled the rest of the game. The team kind of was not done after that, but it, that was definitely pretty much the end of the push. Um, and it all stemmed from a power play where you were unwilling to kind of change the way you're playing. They were still trying to get that cross-seam pass, which, yes, is dangerous, but against a team like Carolina or a team like Boston, which we saw earlier in the season... You're not going to make that pass. That That's something that they excel as as a team. So you have to dump it down low, work the puck below the goal line, and you know get it through to the other side that way, something a little bit different. Uh, that was something we didn't see the team try here. Now, that could be because it's a regular season game. You don't have as much time to scout the opponent, uh, work on it in practice. So it is something that I would expect gets better, um, especially as you roll into the playoffs uh, where you do have time to pre-scout those teams. You do have time to practice those plays in practice and make sure you're 
building a correct game plan for what you're going to see for a specific opponent. Uh, during a regular season, you're just trying to play your game. And this team's game is that high-risk, high-reward game. So can't fault them too much for not switching how they're going to play. But um, at the end of the day, you you definitely want to try to make those in-game adjustments um, which they just didn't seem to be able to do, especially in this Carolina game, probably in that Florida game before, uh, although you do win that game, so it's not as prevalent. Um, but when you're getting kicked out of your own arena, um, you definitely want to try to make those adjustments, uh, especially going down 2 nothing. Uh It should be a wake-up call on the bench. It wasn't in this game. It's okay. It's one game. You got to see how they bounce back from it. But um, that's an area of concern that has been there in the previous couple of years. And I'm excited and interested to see how this coaching staff handles it. Um, Other than that, there's not much of note coming out of this Carolina game. Um, You do see Pitlick get hurt. um, I believe it was in the third period didn't really see what happened did see him go to the locker room with a lower body injury so um that opened the door for brendan othman to come in and make his nhl debut uh and for this team to probably get a spark that it needed in the bottom six uh a kid that plays hard plays with energy plays fast and can shoot the puck and score goals so It's an area that this team probably was going to need to upgrade at the trade deadline anyway. Uh, Brennan gets his uh, NHL opportunity. Uh, I would suspect that the team lets him run with it for a little bit here with uh, Pitlick being week-to-week injured. Um, I'm not sure if they'll keep him up for the full season or send him back down to the AHL. I guess it's, it's the balls in his court to take it and take advantage of this opportunity to force management to make a decision if they want to keep him up here or if they're going to send him back down. Um, it wouldn't have been my first choice. I thought uh, Edstrom played incredibly well a couple of weeks ago when he was called up. Uh, and I think he deserved an opportunity to stick around. Big guy, big frame. Uh, you know, he scored his first NHL goal in his first NHL game. Uh, he played well against a couple of top opponents. So that's obviously another call up that they have in the bag. Uh, should they need another third or fourth liner? Um, I think he played incredibly well. And obviously I'm going to lean with the coaching staff on who deserves the call up. I did want to see Othman get some, some NHL games to see what we've got here. Um, but at the same time you want him to develop, this is his first pro season. Uh, and he was, He started out strong in the AHL. He's been struggling of late the past couple of games. So maybe this is the spark he needed too. And as we dive into the uh, 4-1 win against Chicago uh, on Thursday night, uh, that was Othman's first game. And you could see right from the first shift just how dynamic of a player he was. He brings that physical aspect. He wasn't afraid to get in there and make some hits. Um, he gets the shot blocked on his first shift and then he gets all the way back to be the third man back, uh, on a back check and he makes it there almost before one of the defensemen does. So, uh, you could just see the speed and raw talent that this kid has. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch him get to prove it. Uh, he played well enough where, uh, Wheeler ends up getting into a fight and, um, 
Othman gets to get double shifted, playing on the right wing of the first line for a couple of minutes. Um, that's probably not where he's going to get to play most nights. Uh, I don't think he's a top line right wing kind of player. But, you know, he does fortify that third line role that you're looking for, especially with Kako out, uh, although he is skating and probably close to a return within the month or so. And uh, with Heedle out indefinitely, you kind of need to look for that spark on that third line um, that's going to chip in and provide goals. You've got the fourth, the checking line, which is your third, fourth line. Uh, with Goodrow, Vizi, and Bonino, um, that's an incredible checking line. But you do need to get some goals down there. Uh, and Vizi's good for a couple, but y- you can't have him playing third and fourth line minutes. So uh, having Othman on that third line, uh, shaking it up a little, putting him with Bonino, who's, uh, like I said, an exceptional defensive player. Um, that one-two punch there where Othman doesn't have to worry too much about the defensive side because he's got Benino to lead on, to lean on. Um, I think that's a perfect opportunity for him to get his feet wet in the NHL, show what he can do. Uh, I know it's not what fans want to see with him, um, playing third line minutes instead of maybe playing on that first line, but it's going to put him in a better chance to succeed. Uh, unlike some of the other top-end picks that we've seen the Rangers ice over the past couple of, you know, 10 years, uh, where they stick them on first line, they play them all these top minutes, and they don't really learn, they don't really excel, and then the media chews them up, the fans chews them up, uh, and then they are out the door in five years. So this may not be where the fans want to see him, but it is giving him sheltered minutes. It's giving him sheltered opportunity to grow and impress and improve. Uh, And at the NHL level, that's all you can expect. You want to improve, but also provide for the team. And that's kind of what he did in the Chicago game. He gave him a spark. He made some hits. He made some plays. He had a couple of incredible passes that may have found the back of the net on a different night. Uh, He had that one behind the, uh, the, the net where he put it between his legs out into the front and no one could really get a stick on it. But you can just see that this kid is oozing with talent. Uh, and it's going to be something to see. And then pairing him with uh, Cooley as well, um, you know, maybe that that's the dynamic this team needs. Right now, they moved Cooley up and gave him some more ice time, um, and he kind of deserved it too. He's leading all rookies in hits. He's playing exceptional hockey. He's defensively sound. Um, you don't expect him to be on the score sheet too much, but he is putting in some uh, some goals. He's had some incredible plays. Uh, he's back-checked well. He's forechecked well, and he's just one of those gritty players that likes to get involved, likes to get in the mix of things. Um, he said earlier, I think, during training camp, he likes to model his game after Tom Wilson, and I know all 32 teams in the NHL will take somebody like Tom Wilson. You may not like him when you're playing against him, but you definitely want him on your team. So if Cooley keeps impressing like that as a rookie uh, and keeps moving forward and becoming that dynamic third-line player, uh, I think that's something this team has sorely been missing. You saw it in that Carolina game where you kind of get out-toughed in your own building. It's, it's a game where maybe 
15 years ago, you would see um, Ryan Callahan and Brandon Dubinsky and Brian Boyle. That would be their type of game where, you know, you, your physicality wins you that game. You're, you're hit, making hits. Uh, you're breaking pucks loose from guys um, on the boards. So that's kind of the dynamic that Will Cooley brings in. And it's something that this team is kind of lacking at the moment. Um, you, you have a lot of top-end skill, but that bottom six isn't really that big. Uh, you don't have those big guys down there. Um, they are defensively sound, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's the physicality part of the game is something you want to see, especially from that fourth line. If you look over uh, on Long Island, you've got a fourth line that is not afraid to make a hit, get in a fight change the tone of a game and that's something in that Carolina game specifically uh this team was missing they were missing that spark plug to go in there make a big hit get in a fight do something different to just change the dynamic of the game and I think as Will Cooley learns in the NHL and he learns about himself and how to help the team in those situations uh it's definitely not something he's scared to do uh, he's just got to learn to pick the spots and make sure he's in the right place at the right time uh, to kind of make those big hits or make that game-changing you know, spark um, to change the dynamic of the game, get the crowd involved, um, get the other team thinking they're going to get hit instead of trying to make a play. So with that, I think Cooley has been an absolutely dynamic player this season. Uh, probably a little bit underrated, obviously underrated in the rookie category. He's not putting up big points. Um, but to start the season, I thought that was the right choice. Uh, keeping Cooley on the NHL roster while sending Othman and some of the other kids that impressed down to the AHL. I think uh, Cooley earned it. And he's earned his place to stay on the roster, stay in the lineup. Um, with all the injuries, they haven't really had the chance to rotate and sub guys in and out. Uh, so there haven't been any healthy scratch moments for a lot of these players. Uh, and I don't believe that Will Cooley would have done anything wrong to earn a healthy scratch, um, even if they were able to. So uh, it's definitely a good sign um, on that Bottom six grouping, I think himself, VC, and Goodrow have just stood out game after game. And even Benino blocking a ton of shots. I think he leads the league in block shots. So um, you're seeing them build an identity as a bottom six. They know their role. They like their role. They like blocking shots. They like defending. Um, and that's all you can ask for. You don't want somebody down on the bottom six that wants to go out there and make pretty plays and try to create offense in a way that the rest of his line mates can't um and again something that this team has kind of lacked in the previous five years is just an identity of a bottom six a checking line a strong defensive line a line that's going to grind you down um get your offensive zone opportunities uh play a strong four check a strong cycle game uh and just give you a different dynamic from that top six so that's where Othman kind of fits in right now. He's a big body kid. He's only going to get stronger, uh, and he's going to make the most of his opportunity, it looks like. Um, yeah, it was a cupcake game against Chicago. So be interested to see in this coming week, um, you know, when they play some of the topper tier teams like Vancouver, some of these teams that um, 
are more dynamic, are better defensively, um, and have more of that physicality game uh, than Chicago does to see how he actually stands in. But as far as an NHL debut goes, um, it was probably the right spot to do it against a pretty lackluster Chicago team um, who can't really defend very well and is very young and kind of learning the game collectively as a team. So uh, Othman probably fit in there um, pretty well, and he showed what he can do, and you you heard it from the coaching staff after the game. So that was kind of the big note out of the Chicago game, a 4-1 win, um, that, you know, Othman and Cooley, two rookies, Othman making his NHL debut, um, are kind of leading this team in the right direction in their own ways. Uh, They're kind of finding their foothold in the NHL, uh, and you hope to see them build their game up to um, provide this team with uh, players and dynamics that they don't currently have, which I I think they're well on their way of doing. Um, And it only helps this team and organization move into the future, especially as we're approaching the trade deadline here coming up in March. Um, I did mention in a previous episode that I thought this team needed to add a bottom six, fourth line kind of forward, kind of a Brian Boyle style player, bigger body, bigger frame, uh, isn't afraid to get involved and, you know, make a hit. Um, And I think that's something that Othman can provide if he can make himself stick in the lineup here uh, to where that allows the team then to maybe make a move. Maybe you do trade somebody like uh, Pitlick um, and maybe that helps you plug a hole that you might have had uh, on the bottom six internally. So this way you can go out and add a top six uh, right wing uh, to supplement that first line and you know, move Wheeler down in the lineup a little bit, which he probably doesn't deserve per se, but probably is needed. Um, Somebody that can create more offensive ability, um, get better shots, better shot selection, uh, and somebody that can score more goals to get on that line with Kreider and Zibanejad. I think that's something that they as a line are missing. Um, Zibanejad's a great playmaker. Uh, Kreider when he does show up to play, is a great playmaker. You don't notice him every night, unfortunately. Um, But they definitely need somebody dynamic on that right wing. I don't think Kako is the answer. I don't think that's the type of player he is. And he's, again, kind of like Wheeler being thrust into that role uh, where you don't notice him as much because it's not a role that he might fit. I think Kako is a good second, third line player. and I like him, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's that dynamic first-line player that he's being thrust into a role of. So if you can fill that bottom six uh, role with Othman, then um, that frees the organization and the GM up to um, kind of be looking for a dynamic top six player uh, instead of two players, a top six and a bottom six player. So... Um, Also in that Chicago game, uh, it's showing up more and more again. Uh, It showed up against Carolina and against Florida as well before Tampa. Um, That the defense and the defense core is still shaky at times. Um, I mentioned in a previous episode that Schneider and Gustafson as a pair probably are getting not enough attention. Um, And then they went out and had uh, a pretty horrible game against Carolina. I mean, the whole team did, but uh, it stood out to me um, that, you know, Schneider at times uh, just 
isn't making the right play. Um, he's getting beat on some, you know, pretty bad selection of defensive zone schemes, I would say. Um, and it just kind of looks like he's a little bit lost at times. I know he's still a young player. He's still learning the game. Um, and it's a new coaching staff, probably a new structure, new system that he's not used to. Um, him specifically being, uh, as young as he is coming into the league. So still kind of learning on the fly. Uh, I'm not too concerned with it. Uh, I would like to see Schneider be a little bit more noticeable game to game. Um, bringing some of that physicality, some of that shot blocking ability, being the true quote unquote baby Truba that he earned a nickname for a couple of seasons ago. Um, really start to play that Truba style of game where you're blocking shots, you're making an impact on the ice every time you're out there. Um, and doing it against some of the teams' top players. I think uh, it was Bedard that uh, pretty much dangled right around him um, and basically made him fall out of his skates in the Chicago game. So uh, just knowing who you're on the ice against and knowing how to defend those players it's probably all something that's a learning experience for Schneider, but uh, something that you would want to see him continue to do. Um, and then Gustafson uh, really had a rough game against Carolina um, and against Chicago. Uh, it was kind of Gustafson's fault uh, for the one Chicago goal where he just made an awful line change uh, and Miller could never really get on the ice to get back and defend properly. Um it was a mistake on Gustafson's part for leaving the ice when he did and how he did. So, you know, they had a rough couple of games. Um, Gustafson's been pretty solid all season. I don't expect him to be good game in, game out. Um, but the D as a whole have looked a little bit shaky lately. Uh, Fox just doesn't look like himself every, you know, so often. Uh, he's making some interesting plays with the puck. Um Lindgren's been a little bit less noticeable of late, um, not making the correct hits or the correct reads and getting himself into a little bit of trouble, turned around. Um, and anytime you get a defenseman turned around and skating towards your own net, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. So seen that lately out of a majority of them, um, the one outlier being Truba, who sometimes takes the fans' ire for making some stupid plays, but I think Truba's been probably the most solid defenseman on this team, uh, both leadership-wise as a captain, as well as blocking shots and making the correct plays and cleaning up defensive zone mistakes. I think Truba's been the one outlier as a pretty outstanding defenseman almost all season. Um, and he's had to do it with Miller on his uh, other side, who... Also makes some questionable reads at times. Um, I'd like to see Miller be a little bit more physical, um, using that bigger, taller frame that he has to make some plays and make some hits. Uh, it looks like his go-to is more of a stick-checking kind of game, which is fine. You can rely on your stick. You can rely on your stick-checking ability, but you also have to make those hits when they're warranted. And it seems like Miller shies away from that at times. I'm not sure if that's on purpose or not. Um, but it is something that you'd like to see a little bit more of play. Even if you go to some of the best offensive defensemen in the game, you see Eric Carlson able to make those hits uh, in the corners and know when to use his body versus when to use his stick checking ability. Same with Victor Hedman down in Tampa. Um, he's not afraid to make those open ice hits, the, the occasional hip check or the occasional shove off the puck. Um, 
It's definitely something I would like to see Miller do. I wanted to see him do more of it last year. I didn't really get that. Um, but now I know there's a good defensive coaching staff in place with Phil Housley. Um, hopefully they can help Miller and Schneider both kind of learn that part of the game, learn when to make a hit, um, and learn how to effectively you know, defend and do it in a way that you can then turn it up ice and let your defense lead to your offense. Um, that's kind of something that this team has been good at in the past. Um, especially this season where they're able to defend well in their defensive zone and let that lead to offense. Uh, that's your best and most sustainable type of offense is one where you make a defensive play, you make a defensive read and you catch the other team with their skates pointed up ice the wrong way. And then you turn it back and you have a three on two rush, or you have uh, an ability to catch a team where they're not able to set up in their defensive structure um, all because you made a good sound defensive play either at your defensive blue line or, you know, down into your defensive zone. So that's something I would be looking for, especially coming into, you know, another couple weeks here, uh, before the all-star break and then before the trade deadline to where this team really establishes themselves as a good defensive defending team, um, where you're not cheating too much for offense um, but you've got that good balance of defensemen making the correct reads in the offensive zone, uh, not getting caught and making good decisions with the puck, either to dump it in deep so that they can get back and defend properly, uh, or not, you know, giving a turnover to where you're letting your defense partner get hung out to dry on a two on one. So that's, uh, one downside or one negative that I saw throughout the couple of games this week. Um, but you know, overall you get another two in one week, which gets you, you know, another four points, uh, keeps you right in the race where you need to be. Uh, like I said earlier in the episode, the metropolitan division is pretty tight. Um, you've got Carolina coming up now, uh, only five points back. Um, and you've got the Islanders sitting there seven points back. So it's it's a tight division as it always is. Um you're comfortably in first place right now. That could change in the next couple of weeks. You hope it doesn't, but um pretty soundly good at the top of the league um in points percentage and second overall in points. So that just shows you how tough the Metropolitan Division is. You're second in the league in points. And you're only leading your division by five points. So um, continuing good play is going to be a must. Continuing to play the right way is going to be a must. Um, You don't want to start playing the wrong way um, and get yourself into bad habits. So just keeping up with the good habits, keeping up with um, playing the right way is going to be paramount for this team moving forward. Um, and we'll see how it goes in this next coming week. So before signing off, just wanted to mention that uh, Team USA at the World Juniors did win the gold medal uh, on Friday. 
And two of the Rangers' prospects, including uh, their first-round draft pick in 2023, Gabe Perot, played an incredibly uh, big role in that win for Team USA. It's good to see two Rangers' prospects really flourish and um, being on the track to being um, hopefully NHL players and, in Gabe Perot's case, a uh, very strong NHL player and hopefully a top right wing for this team um, moving forward in the hopefully near future. Uh, This is his first year at Boston College, I believe, where he's looked uh, really good. I've seen a couple of different YouTube clips or uh, in-game highlights where he's uh, making outstanding passes, and uh, he just looks like he's going to be a pretty strong NHL player in the future, and hopefully he develops into that. Uh, It's an area where this team is lacking. Um, When they drafted him, I know he was extremely excitable to all the fans, all of the media, and uh, most of the front office staff um, that he was even there to be able to be drafted where he was uh, in 2023. So that's definitely a name that everyone should probably be keeping an eye on. Um, He makes some incredible plays uh, at Boston College. He made some incredible plays, scored some good goals for Team USA at the World Juniors. Uh, And it's definitely a name that we'll be looking forward to seeing uh, on Broadway, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years. So with that, uh, I think that's all for this week's episode. And um, Happy New Year to everyone and looking forward to talking more next week.